0: I'm Sarah and I'm Courtney and this is the dance better podcast
1: this is our platform to shed some light on the impact that ballet training has on the
0: mental health of both current and former dancers together with some amazing experts we're discovering what things dancers can do to help counteract some of those habits and ideas that might not be serving them so, keep listening to hear real stories
1: from real dancers, mental health professionals, and many more to help you dance better.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Sarah. And today we spoke with Suzanne Prashell. She's the founder of Point to Rise, an empowerment society for dancers and other artists, wellness entrepreneur, podcast host, and former international ballerina, as well as an experienced CEO. Yes, we really
1: dove into why working on your mindset is so crucial for your development as a dancer. And we also explored how to arm your mindset before you step out on stage and really the nitty gritty of how to keep your mindset strong in response to different situations you may
0: encounter during your competition season. Yes, it was an amazing conversation today. We do wanna take a second to remind you guys that none of us here on the show are mental health professionals. And anything you hear us say are just things from our lives, what worked, what didn't work, things that we experienced, and none of that should be considered medical advice. If any of the things we share resonate with you, we do encourage you to talk to your doctor to find the best healthcare professional for you.
1: We also want to mention anything we say in this podcast is a reflection of our dance experience as a whole and not anyone, teacher, studio, or company. Secondly, the opinions shared by our guests in this episode are those of our guests and their personal experience from their individual viewpoint. Experiences and opinions shared, while cathartic, are also for a mutual purpose to aid in opening dialogue about making experiences better for artists everywhere. This was such an insightful conversation with Suzanne, and we are so excited to share it with you. So here you go,
0: guys. Hello everybody. This is Sarah and hello Courtney. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm so excited for today. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited to present to you guys Miss Suzanne Rochelle of Points to Rise. Hello, hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for being on our show. Yes, we're so excited to have you everybody. Um, Suzanne has provided us all in the dance world a wonderful platform for all things dancer wellness through her coaching programs, her website, and of course, um, I know many of you are probably already following her on Instagram. Um, she's mm-hmm. a true inspiration, and we're really, really, really excited to have her on the show today. Yeah. Wow,
2: you make my heart bubble. Thank you. That was the best okay. intro I could ever ask for. Thank you, Suzanne. Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Suzanne, we would love for you to give us an overview of your history in the dance world, um, but also how your mental health has evolved over time. We have so many listeners from around the world, not just the United States, as we're really excited to speak to someone who has experience uh, in other countries. And of course, you are coming from Germany. So very excited to hear about that. And just wondering if you feel that there are any differences in your experiences from being in Germany versus the United States or anywhere else you might have danced.
2: Wow. These are three questions in one. I hope you're aware of that. I know. Okay. I know. So <laughs> I may need some guidance to really answer all of that. Not a problem. Awesome. Thank you. So let's start with my my career. i I think I was two years old when I could finally speak and the first words out of my mouth were, I want to dance. And that's all I (laughs) ever wanted in my life. My parents wanted to shoot themselves because they couldn't put me into a ballet school until I was four years old. So that was, it was given to me. It's my purpose. It was always with me that I wanted to express myself um, on stage. And I was lucky enough to grow up in a society where going to the theater was a very common thing. It was very inexpensive. And so I would just be in the theater all the time and watch these performances. And I knew that that's exactly what I wanted to do. So I started Mm -hmm. Kinder Ballet at the age of four um, and then proceeded to get into a professional ballet school, which in East Germany, there was two, three options. And I got mm-hmm. into the best, the State Bali School of Berlin, um, which required me to leave home by the age of 10. Oh, and wow. I moved into the dorms there and basically had to grow up at 10 and learn how to live with other girls. And we know that girls can be, yeah, sometimes they're not so nice, especially when yeah. it's like, foundational, essential kind of um grueling work that you're doing. And and we all wanted to be mm-hmm. there, but we didn't have to pay for it. So every half a year mm-hmm. we had these exams where the teacher decided whether or not to keep us there or not. Because the wow. state paid Ooh. for all of it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right.
2: And I remember that that was always the worst time of my life. It was there was so much uncertainty in the air for all of us that it literally brought up the worst in us. So from just barely making it every year from from hearing um you t- you too less of this and too less of that and too too big here and too much over here I worked my way up into graduating as the top number one in in my class um with a contract at the state opera which was the number one house in Berlin at that time. And I was set free. I did it. I made it eight years and I got into the company and I found myself completely lost because I didn't know what comes next. I had no, no path or vision or all I wanted was to get there. And now what? So everything that I had struggled with for these years and years in school, it, it, started to come up you know it bubbled up i gained a lot of weight and i lost a lot of weight Mm -hmm. and i had so many opportunities to stay in the spotlight and i totally blew it i didn't take really advantage of it because i didn't know how to Um, and I knew early on after about three years that "Mm, perhaps this isn't quite for me because I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And there is not really much that I can do differently. Like my soul always knew, like I need something else to do here or like challenges here or get outside of your comfort zone here. Um, I couldn't voice that though. So since I had spent so much time of my entire life really working towards what I thought I really wanted, I stayed. And after seven years, I decided, okay, big company, maybe not for me. The politics don't like it. It's not the best for me. Why don't I just move to the States and go into a small company and, you know, start start again but rise up quicker and and have Mm -hmm. more possibilities to stay in the spotlight so Mm -hmm. i followed conveniently my boyfriend at that time left and to go back home and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna come with you (laughs) and right why wouldn't you and i gave everything up in germany packed every box shipped it to charleston south carolina and started performing in charleston and that was a huge difference everything was different and it was so eye-opening for me how arrogant and how much expectations I had around what is mine I wasn't grateful for what I actually had as in you know we had hairdressers for for our performances I had unlimited point shoes at any Uh given point I actually had a personal shoemaker that made my shoes and I could go upstairs and say, Hey, can we make it a little wider here? Or can you adjust this? Okay. Um, I had paid vacations. I had health insurance. I had 13 months of salary. I had it all in Germany and I had nothing of that over there. Yeah. The only thing that I had was the possibility to dance soloist roles and actually like you know cut the chords and start over again and Mm -hmm. for that I was very grateful so that didn't work out for me I did not appreciate the way we were training we were thinking we were operating I just wasn't for me and I thought in a different company in the States it would be different for me so I switched Pretty much right after a year and that's when i hit my rock bottom basically um mindset wise like my body just gave in it got so ill that i had to stop dancing so when we talk about differences between let's say north america and um europe for example okay. i believe from what i've seen and experienced that I was so looked after and so cherished and so held on a pedestal as an answer compared to what I've experienced over here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. As my mindset, I don't think I had a mindset, quite honestly. Like looking back, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because... Yeah. If I would have had the tools that I have now, I, I could have made it, and whatever that means to anybody out there. But I was only paying attention to what I was able to accomplish in the studio, and I never knew where that came from. Like, where does it originate from? I had no sense of awareness. Um, and the people that i surrounded with myself were just, you know, they were like me and i never looked outside of my box to get other inspiration and that stopped with me stepping out of the dancer world like mm, i had yeah. another i would say 10 12 years in between oh, let's let's make that 15 years actually in between where the awakening wanted to really come through, but I, I had so many tools on pushing that down and not letting it come up into my yeah. consciousness. Um, and I was really good at that too. I was really good at not <laughs> feeling. I was really good yeah. on pretending that everything is good.
0: I think I'm giggling so much because I, I agree so much with what you're saying and I identify so much with what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I, I figured yeah. you would. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking <laughs> about that, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think, did I get all three parts yeah. of your question? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Check. Yes, I <laughs> love.
1: I just loved hearing hearing all all about that. I mean, obviously, we all have our experiences as dancers growing up with mindset and different things, but when you really go from not just one studio to the next, but one entire culture to the next, and how dancers are perceived in your culture, and how they're treated, and there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers there we're learning with dancer wellness and mindset things. And it's, it's really not a one-stop shop when it comes to mindset um, and kind of what builds that for each individual dancer. So thank you for sharing, sharing Can all of that. Can I add something
2: to this? I just thought uh, of Yeah, it. absolutely. When I, I just remembered the feeling that I had when I made the decision to, to leave, to leave that coziness of the stage opera, that that one dream, that one vision that I had and making the decision to, you know, basically break up with your first love um, and to, to move out of that. It was, I thought everything was going to change. Everything was going to be better on the other side. And I had forgotten one factor that I never encountered that we always take ourselves with us. That in yes. whatever circumstance we are in, we are in because of us, not because mm-hmm. of anybody around us. So, and, and you know, pretty much quickly finding myself in the same um, headspace and, and the same emotions. I was like, what is wrong with these people? And it did never, ever at that time, occurred to me that it wasn't about them. It was all about me. And I I truly believe that, particularly in the dance industry, we are are trying, and I mean this with so much love, we're trying to find what is not working outside of ourselves. We're also trying to find our self-esteem and our self-love and everything that is us outside of ourselves.
0: Outside. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's
2: where I, absolutely. that was one of my biggest mistakes.
0: Mm. Man, I feel like we could stop the episode right there because that's such yeah. a huge takeaway.
2: I mean, oh, that's good. really
0: wonderful. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. we're talking about changing the industry and yes, absolutely. There's things in the industry you know, that need to change, but I think that insight is the first time we've heard that from any of our guests that at the end of the day, if you don't do the work yourself, you're never going to get to that point of feeling happy and feeling as though you've achieved what you set out to achieve.
2: Yeah, So and awesome. how you deal with <laughs> failure. And right. Um, I've read so much that people say, you know, to make it in the dance industry, you have to have a lot of luck. So I do not as- mm. agree with that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be at the right point at the right time, but it is also your choice to find that place. And that for me has nothing to do with luck. If we're calling it luck, then you make your own luck. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm stopped ranting. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to the next question, ladies.
1: Oh, you're good. You're good. I well, here I am now. I'm going to rant a little bit, but just what you're talking about—that idea of it—it's almost a breakup in a sense. I felt like that is very similar to what I felt like I was experiencing when I left dance. I didn't leave dance to go to another dance opportunity, so to speak. I kind of left dance, but I—it is that breakup of you're you're like removing yourself from this thing. But like you said, you're you're taking your own physical body and mind with you into this next phase of life. So if you don't look inward, if you don't address all of that baggage, if you don't address all of those things, it's not, it's, it's
0: not quite just an easy button on the next side. So Yeah, it reminds me of the, the quote that I think all of us have heard a lot lately. I think it was a Roman philosopher, maybe Seneca. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And if you haven't done both the physical preparation as well as what you're saying, the internal mental preparation, when that opportunity comes around to create the luck, so to speak, it's not going to work out for you.
1: Yes. Okay. So as we get into the content for today's episode, we really wanted to get into competition season. That's something that a lot of our listeners are about to embark on if their competition season hasn't started itself. Um, And it's something that's growing more and more prevalent in the pre-professional ballet world. So with that in mind, for students who are competing at that prestigious level with many pressures on their performance itself, what advice do you have for them to keep their mindset in a healthy place as they step out on stage?
2: Hmm. Um, This is such a good question because there's so many layers to it, right? And I've been thinking about that a lot lately And I I believe strongly that keeping your mindset in a healthy space starts with remembering why you're doing it. So why are you putting yourself in this situation? Why are you pushing yourself towards this incredible hard work that is in front of you? Why did you make that decision? Is it because you want it or because your teacher wants you to do it? If it doesn't come from you, if it's not in here and I'm tapping on my soul right now, if this is not something you want every morning that gets you out of bed and you can hardly contain yourself sleeping, then I, I feel it is harder to actually keep a really healthy mindset. But if you know your why, you put yourself into competition mode, then it is much easier, I would say, to really keep a healthy mindset. And I would say also that it, it starts with understanding what a healthy mindset is. Like, what is that? What does it describe? Why would you, mm-hmm. why do you need it? You yeah. know, it's the deeper layers of questions that we sometimes forget to ask we're just saying, hey, you have to have a healthy mindset in order to compete. Yeah, but why? And what does that look like? And and how do I get there? And how do I have to practice it? It's not something you get from just reading a page before your competition or you sit dine, down and visualize or meditate before you step on stage. That is not how it works. This is also not how you prepare your body for a competition, right? Like it is continuously working on what a healthy mindset is for you, and there are so many different opinions and 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 search engines out there. Um, I had to find my own way on what a healthy mindset looks like for me.
0: Does that answer yeah, your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, we've talked to some nutritionists as well in the past, and just like not one nutrition program is going to work for everyone not one mental wellness and mindset program is going to work for everyone. So it's important to find that right mix for you.
2: And that takes time, right? Like you need to experience. It took me two years to find my right morning routine, what works for me, what works in our house. And I had to find a lot of grace around myself that, you know what, by 7am, you don't need to be done with everything. First of all, (laughs) Just the thought of, I need to do this, I need to be done,
0: Uh is
2: already like, it's too heavy, it's not really serving me. So it's experimenting, being able to stay curious and learning what Mm -hmm. other layers there are.
0: I love that. What kind of, um, at what point do you know, for you personally, I know everyone's different, but let's say you pick something that you've heard is really great for your mindset and it's going to help you and you try it and you go a week and it's not working for you. Like, How much more time do you think you should be spending on that thing before you're like, okay, let's just cut our losses and move on?
2: Mm, So I I usually give it 30 days, sometimes even 60 days because that's what it takes to instill a new habit and for you to actually see um, what... Hmm, really needs to come up. So let's take meditating for an example. You know, sure. everybody tells us we should be meditating. It is good for us. And I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I know. For years and years and years and years, I have been fighting meditating, and it is till today something that I have, I have to make myself to sit down and shut off up here. And this, the, the, um, I didn't give up because I saw that not right away, not after 30 or 60 days that I was like, Hmm, you know, immediately seeing something that, that would change my life, but I felt, okay, I'm showing up differently here. I'm making different decisions here. I am quicker in making decisions, I am nicer to my children, I have more patience, I am more tuned into what my body needs. And in order to see what really is, um, I would say helping you or the best for you, you also have to have a certain level of awareness on really what's going on with you, who you are, what your triggers are, right? And, And that takes time. And I know we dancers, we think we don't have time. We're very impatient with ourselves, and you know everything has to be perfect right at the first time. That's not how life goes. Like if you don't allow yourself to experience, if you don't allow yourself to stay curious and to learn on a daily, like I get up every morning with a learner's mindset in mind. It's like what do I get to learn today? But that wasn't me. Yeah ever like i mm-hmm. had to be perfect so this is uh, yeah this is what i have to say about that
0: this is your wisdom on that
2: <laughs> my, my wisdom on that one yeah from my experiences yeah
0: yeah that's great so then of course another topic that everybody's talking about right now is covid that's a whole it's a whole new novel experience for all of us yeah. no matter what we're doing in our lives but right. looking at the competition season it's really warped what the season looks like for so many dancers around the world you know some of them are online some of them not masks no masks I mean there's so many different ways that these are these competitions are happening so I know locally um, that the shift happened sort of mid-competition season last year so the dancers that are in season two, basically right now, what they they thought would just be a blip last year, like, oh, ne- by this time next year, we'll be back to normal. Well, we're not back to normal. So how do you recommend that these dancers keep their mindset strong during this new normal when it comes to competition
2: season? Another great question. And it's very, apologize. It is very broad because I feel keeping your mindset strong is something you do on a daily basis. And I said that I, that's basically what I preach. It is not something that you just do here and there. Mm -hmm. It is your, your second class or your whatever you want to, you know, add on or how, however it works for you and how you phrase it. But this is your work right now. I know and I understand how terrible this is right now. We're not the people that are in the theaters right now, um, pre-competition. It is not how it used to be. I totally understand. But I I am the person who always looks for the silver lining. So what other opportunities do you actually get out of that? What else can you do? And if you look at it... As something that actually can grow you and make you better even though you can't compete right now the way you want it to and it's the second year well then why are we in this situation what can we learn from it what can we take out from it what else can I work on during this time so that next year or two years from now when I'm standing in the wings I don't have the regret if I would only started 2 years ago i could have certainty right now that when i step on stage i will have the very best time of my life yeah yeah
0: i love that <laughs> yeah that's that's really powerful that's a really powerful thought i think because from a teacher's perspective a lot of a lot of us are focusing on from a technical perspective, core work or port bras or things things that are a lot safer to practice at home. So right. I think, you know, if you can go into competition season, maybe you didn't have the strongest port brawl last year, and that was something that you know you have to work on, but you've had you have this time where that's pretty much the only thing you might be able to do in some cases. So if we kind of look at the the situation in that from that aspect of what can you do now. It, it's really encouraging and hopeful that a year from now, two years from now, when things are in a in a different place, that we'll actually be stronger and be performing better, and maybe you would actually get a better score than you would have, or get you know get exposed to a director who you really want to work for, or something like that. So I love I love that silver lining. What you were t- saying makes total sense. I mean, basically, just like putting on a new
1: lens that you're looking at and approaching a competition because if you just embrace the fact that this is where we're at right now in the world we're still experiencing a pandemic and you know seeing people on social media who are coming up with these wild cool projects um you know things that they wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so until they kind of were forced in the situation to okay well i still need a creative outlet where am i going to put that it's it's interesting i like that that perspective when it comes to competition like it, it can still be a, a thing that you strive for because you you know have that goal in mind but it doesn't have to be your only creative outlet it doesn't have to be this big glorious thing there's there's so much out there for dancers there
2: there is so much in between the two obvious options you know either we're, we're yeah. competing on always did or we're not competing at all there is so much in between and in that gray area that is where growth happens this is how we evolve this is how we stretch ourselves this is how we learn um i i truly believe that nothing ever happens to us but everything happens for us we just need to have yeah the ability the awareness and the 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 openness and the willingness to look at it that way you know yeah. nothing is finite everything is always moving and it's on us to move with it or to stay stuck right
1: yeah. oh i love that so coaches are in this place where they're putting potentially some pressure on their dancers for a competition season but also dancers themselves kind of innately put pressure on themselves for the perfectionism tend- tendencies and people pleasing and things like that. So when you're talking about learning to turn inward and learning to address your mindset, what are some of your top three tools you could you could say for your toolbox that you would address for dancers for what does that look like? How are you going to actually do that? If mm. it feels scary right now, right? If you don't know. Oh, yeah. To-
2: Totally scary because it's unknown. We don't know. And you don't see like the, the right result right away because it's not obvious in your face. It's a feeling right. inside. It's how you show up.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: top three tools. So I would say, let me bring this all together because we can talk about tools. We can talk about meditation. We can talk about visualization. We can talk about, you know, being in nature doing fun stuff all of these, these are all great tools. Um, but what it comes down to is how you layer them into your day. When are you doing them? How much time do you put into these things that you don't even think you need? So what it really, really starts with is understanding and coming to, to terms with this is where we're at. This is what you really need. If you want to learn more. If you want to be more, then this is your path. Come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Having a morning routine is essential to set yourself up for success. S- understanding, catching yourself when you're beating yourself up in the studio and you're looking in the mirror and you're talking to yourself like you would actually not even dare to talk to anybody else outside of you. Um, even and your worst
0: enemy. Right?
2: We are... Yeah our worst enemy, understanding that then you are actually the only person holding yourself back from stepping into that spotlight. Um, And it is also understanding where your energy comes from. Um, I have to say, when I take myself as an example, I was under the impression that my energy as a dancer is going to come from sleeping, only sleeping. Like I needed 10 hours of sleep and then a nap in a the, in the day, right? And a lot of caffeine and perhaps some sugar. And that w- these were my energy sources. However, there are so many more sources. And if you're not experimenting with them, with them German slipped in, um, <laughs> if you're not playing with them, then you're never going to find out what actually fuels you. Like for me, I have to take at least two walks in nature. I live by the ocean, just sitting there watching the water and listening to the water actually fills my cup. Um, Mm. What fills my cup is listening to music and just moving, gives me energy. Um, Sitting down and meditating, even though I don't like it. There's so much going through my head. of I need to yeah. tell myself to slow down, that's like the worst you can do to me. However, I know <laughs> it gives me energy. So I, I'm gonna do that. Right. Having conversations, that fills my cup. And it's, it's yeah. having the understanding that this is your next step. This is going to set you up. You have those tough days in the studio. What are you gonna do with them? You have mm. two options you can get down on yourself and tell yourself how incapable and how bad you are and then where is that gonna lead you in a victimhood poor me i'm never gonna make it well then you stop because that is not gonna get you where you want to go or you have the choice okay what tools do i have can i that wasn't a good rehearsal today why was that what was different did i have doubts in my mind did i not believe in myself today Did I look in the mirror and not like what I saw? And therefore I went down the rabbit hole, which we can do like in 3.2 seconds. And then we have to put our point shoes on, you know, like there is just no reason Mm -hmm. because we are going to create what we believe. What
1: What you're talking about makes so sense as far as you can have the tools, but it's that first step of understanding that you it's recognizing that you need the tools and that you have the option to use the tools and it's that self discipline of you know g- being willing to put yourself in the position where you are experimenting with which tools work best for you and understanding that it isn't going to be a quick easy answer but having the self discipline to understand i know this is still where i need to be going so i'm going to keep going and doing it you know the fruits of my labor it's going to come eventually we just got to keep going on it
2: to find find that spot thank you for saying that because when we have those moments where we just like, why am I doing this? I can't go on. There's no reason for it. This is where you have other people in your life that will gently guide you back into where is your best path, right? This Uh is where your coaches come in, where your teachers come in, your, your people that they don't even know they're coaching you, your models, your, your, you know, actors, athletes, whatever yeah. role models you set for yourself and you take their example and their struggles and use them as your fuel.
1: Having that external motivation, even if it's like you said, doesn't have to be your best friend that you're talking to. Um, I just want to mention here with this has really helped me is that passive fulfillment. Like when you're in that low space and feel like you can't keep going, whether it's listening to podcasts, haha, <laughs> shout out, whether it's listening to podcasts or listening to uh, music or something on YouTube, anything that is just going to kind of fill your cup when passively, if you don't feel like you have the, either like the mental health capacity to tackle something that feels scary, or if it just feels like you're drained from a long day, just having the discipline to just push play on something and just let it come in, I think can be really, really profound and helpful. Yeah.
0: I agree. I I also think that um, another concept that I've been toying around with personally is the idea of um, emotional rest. Um, And you're talking a lot about drawing your energy from different places. And I had never really thought of it that way. And that's a really powerful image, I think. But um, as a dancer, And now as a retired dancer, we still have a a similar mindset that kind of follows us, you know, of this, what you have to push through no matter what, you know, if you're, if you're injured, if you're, if you're sick, you're pushing through, you have this mindset though, that kind of follows you. And, and I'm starting to be a lot more forgiving of myself. If I have a day where, um, I just don't have the emotional energy to do something I can look at my calendar and be very honest with myself and say, okay, I will tell Courtney I need to reschedule our meeting for next Friday at four o'clock instead, you know, (laughs) and just starting to take my own emotional energy and what I have available and being honest with myself and being vulnerable with myself enough to say no to things or to push myself maybe and say yes to other things. Um, but I think that's that kind of goes along with with what you're talking about about pulling your energy from different places, and I think that's really important, especially for all these dancers going into competition season. Um, understanding that just because you have one low energy day, whether it's physical energy, emotional energy, doesn't mean you're giving up something for your competition season. You know, it, you could actually gain something from that
2: because it's going to teach you. How and, and what else do you need to know? And, and not physically, but mentally. Like, where do you need to tap into in order to not, you know, feel that way when you, when you have to step yeah. on stage? And even if you feel that way, then what, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to lift yourself up? What have you not done before? Like every moment, every low, every rock bottom in our life, is not only a teaching moment, but the opportunity to start again, to do it one more time, to learn from it, to do it differently. And I found as dancers, we don't give ourselves grace. And the reason why we don't give ourselves grace, because we think we have to push through in order to succeed. The only way to success is pain, hardship, hard work, exhaustion, and less can be more there's power in the pause mm-hmm. there is yeah. so much study around done around why um particularly athletes get injured and these injuries always come for a reason you know it's your body that tells you okay that's enough you did not listen to all the other signs that i have given you and now here you go now you sit out and you really work on what I need you to work on, and I I understand. I don't know. Are You guys following the On Point Disney channel? I did watch it. Yes. I haven't watched everything yet, but I have. I saw the have a whole thing. You'd have okay. Mm-hmm. So there, no no judgment. Um, yeah. Uh, but there is this this philosophy. You know, how sick am I? Can I can I dance through it? Or do I need to set this one out? And yeah. my personal perspective is, and what I've learned around myself that if, if there is something in me that is feeling off, I need to go and explore that. It doesn't matter if my calendar is like staffed, I have to cancel that because if I'm not dealing it with it today, it's going to show up tenfold tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And
2: okay. I'm not going to serve myself nor do I serve anybody else by pushing through my discomfort.
0: I almost feel like it's a little bit of a point of pride for a lot of dancers, you know. I think it was for me, you know, you get your battle scars and your battle wounds and your war your stories. stories. Yeah. yeah. You get a lot of you get a lot out of that for your ego in a way and it's it's definitely not healthy.
2: <laughs> it is your so. ego. And also, how you want to be perceived by others, right? You get Mm -hmm. affirmation from other people that, yes, you're so good. Bravo. You're hurting and you're still doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, kind of shifting our focus back onto competitions more specifically, especially uh, students who are participating in the international competitions. Um, it's a great opportunity to engage with teachers and judges and master classes from people all over the world. But the other side of that is you might be coming into contact with uh, different training styles and different perspectives on how children should be treated or taught. Um, So how do you, how do we arm our dancers, so to speak, for their mental health when they're entering these high pressure competition situations? And then potentially being exposed to some adults who maybe aren't treating them the best.
2: Well, no is a full sentence. It is a very, please forgive me, it is a very, not vague, vague, vague. It's really hard for a German to say that word. A vague question as in, what are we actually exploring here? Is it that when we are... Um, exposed to all of these new ways and perhaps ways that are not accepted in North America versus they're accepted in Europe. Like yeah. what are we going to do is that what what we're exploring Yeah, so
0: yeah. we want we want our kids to I think going into competitions we want them to have the best experience possible. So I think preparing them for situations where they may not feel safe mm. mentally speaking is probably, I think, is something that could be helpful. And so if they're in a moment where they have a teacher who's maybe, I don't know, cranking their turnout and like yelling at them or something, you know, some sort of practice that generally we don't think is okay.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, even subtle things in their teaching with, you know, comments about body, their body size Mm -hmm. or things like that. You run into a lot of that with these I will say, in my experience, I have run into a lot of that at different competitions. So, knowing that that is, or suspecting that that is likely still occurring for these next generation of students, how can we? Because Sarah said it wonderfully. Like, how can we arm them with this mindset that you still respect these perspectives because there are different cultures coming around and you want to learn and absorb, but you still have to protect your heart and what what you. Um, Don't let that undervalue what
2: you're bringing to your own life, Right, if that makes sense. Totally. Thank you. Well, and I do understand that it might be quite tricky and it it really needs a lot of awareness that maybe a 12-year-old doesn't have yet, but we also at that age have a great intuition and we're still very in tune with what feels right and what doesn't. And I would advise and and preach actually at that point to really follow your intuition. If it doesn't feel right, if it's not what you actually agreeing with, then don't. Don't make it yours. It is their opinion and they're entitled to it. However, it does not have to become yours. It is not something that you have to take on. You don't have to follow it. And you're not a bad person because of it. It actually makes you stronger because you now have the power to choose what you're letting in and what you're not letting in.
1: I mean, it kind of comes back to feeling empowered that you get to be the one as the consumer even showing up, you paid your money, you showed up there, you're allowed to learn from these people, but that doesn't mean you have to take in every ounce of what they're saying and hold it as your new truth you still get to leave and go back to your own studio and develop for yourself how you're going to develop as a dancer. And I like how you worded all that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard, especially if you're taking class from someone that you admire who might be in your mind a celebrity or something like that. And then they say something that's totally opposite of everything you've heard. You know, it, it, can, be, it can be difficult, especially for the younger ones, you know, to, to push past that image that they have of this person and what they stand for and then kind of realize oh wait a minute maybe maybe they're not so great
2: (laughs) yeah and that's that's hard to realize right because it's that the expectations that we have um and that we're putting on ourselves at, at so many times during our life that um whatever that person is saying is is the end all be all and then we realize Actually, it's not. That's not only like disappointing, but we're also feeling like a fool because we thought, we knew this person, we thought that following whatever they say, do, and ask us to do is the right thing. Um, And I think we're all allowed at any given point to change our mind. We're all allowed to pivot and, and move in other directions and and having the courage and the power to choose what is right or wrong for us is what really gives you the freedom to be your very best self.
1: Yeah, I I like, I mean, how you're saying that makes, makes a lot of sense. And to go on a, like a sidestep there from what Sarah was saying, as far as if this person you look up to is saying something And you don't believe it about yourself and you have to figure out how to navigate that. But on the other side, if you step into a place where you don't have that awareness yet, and you perhaps haven't addressed your negative self-talk, and then you hear someone that you admire say something that instead actually reflects your negative self-talk, I know for me, that was a really gut-punching moment. And that was at a time when I was perhaps, you know, in that 12-year-old range where you're like, you don't really have always that awareness yet to say, hey, actually, that's not, I don't I don't have to receive that. I can just let that be theirs over there. Um, but when you're a, a young student, that's, it, it's what we're trying to do, right? With this conversation about mental health with dance, it's empowering them to understand even at a young age, you get to choose. <laughs> it's your mind, it's your body, it's how you choose to show up and what you choose to receive from all the people. And
0: there's yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I'm sorry. That might be a lot. <laughs> That's okay. And I feel like too it, it you know what you're talking about Courtney is this is all happening during a child's identity building cycle. And you know, like this is such a formative time where their brain is starting to form this not so plastic version of themselves you know so I think maybe this is all great stuff that parents if you're listening out there these are great talks to be having with your dancer in the car
2: <laughs> you every know? single day before you every day yeah. yeah here I learned with my my boys and there you know there's lots of energy in my house and with Us being together every day, all day, we really (laughs) had to dive into mental health, um, perception, intentions. How do you want to show up today? What's on your calendar today? What do you want to accomplish today? And who do you want to be today? And I think asking, no, I believe, I know, I believe that asking yourself these questions on a daily basis really opens up the space to, to ponder, you know, to, yeah, that didn't work. Um, I'm going to try different tomorrow. Or that felt really good. How do I get back to that?
1: Yeah, all of that, like getting back to that core essence of it's time to get curious. It's time to turn in, it's time to turn up the heat a little bit. And let's figure out the why behind all these things that I mean, I feel like today's episode is kind of clear, like in so many different avenues. It really does come back to that turning inside and getting curious and figuring out what's behind this motivation, what's behind how you're living your life, how you're showing up.
0: And I, I love the fact that you're, you guys both, like I keep hearing you use the word curiosity. And I love that because what that does in my brain, to me emotionally, is it takes out the judgment piece, yes. completely yes. removes it.
2: I Can love I share that. a story was, on that topic? Yeah. 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 When yeah. I, and it really literally just opened up for me, uh, a few months ago, um, when I finished the state body school at the age of 18 top graduate, I was under the assumption and the, the strong belief that I now am done with learning. I have to know everything. I have to be perfect. And it's one way of thinking of that. But the other side of that is, what do you actually do to yourself? You completely shut off your ability, possibility, and eagerness to to learn more things. And I completely shut that off. I thought I had to know everything. And with that came so much judgment. With that came so much shame. With that came, I never ask questions. Cause I knew I had, to, I just thought I had to know it all. And I don't know. I I have had so many coaches and just recently the, the, the permission to ask stupid questions had been given to me. And I realized that my questions are actually not stupid. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Okay. So if my questions are not, stupid and i'm i'm saying that for me like i know there is no i'm not using stupid as a bad word but it is it was my belief okay i have had so much shame around who i was or who i didn't know i was and who i wanted to become and my worthiness etc that letting all of that go this is like another layer of not feeling small or not knowledgeable around certain topics that it's okay not to know use your resources
0: yeah. ask yeah. questions
2: over and over and over again because that is the only way you will learn
1: it's like i mean for me that circles back perfect like imagery to earlier in our conversation we were talking about like being willing to ebb and flow so to speak or literally like Getting stuck and just being like, "Well, this is where Absolutely. I'm at. This is where I'm at," <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so we have one final little closing question that we like to do at the end, um, just as as a fun, just to throw it out there. So, what advice would you give to yourself as a young dancer?
2: Oh, oh, I would have a long conversation with her. I would sit her down, <laughs> hold her, hug her, and tell her, tell her, heart her to that. Heart. Heart. She is worth everything that she wants to do, that she is worth of all the love, of all the success, and of all the achievement, and even the material things that she ever wanted. There is nothing holding her back. She can go, you can go, Susie, and you can go get it all, because you can. That's what I would tell her. Beautiful. Actually, in fact, I I told her many times already to heal that <laughs> inner child. You know. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've recently doing some more inner child work, and it really is a powerful step for your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: I've There's also so been many... working on some self parenting.
2: <laughs> mm, yeah. Aren't isn't that what we're doing? We're completely reparenting ourselves. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah. We have her and I, we have lots of conversation around self-worth and love and and looking even at my children and Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking at the um, improvement from, you know, my oldest on the traits that are in there, all the doubts that he has, I gave them to him. That was me not knowing, you know, and we can now god have an open conversation around that and start the healing process now when he's 16 not when he's 26 or 36
0: yeah 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 oh man that's so wonderful though that you're having that experience with your own children i just i love that for you it's great
2: (laughs) Mm, thank you it's a it's a two it's yeah because you have to be vulnerable enough to to say hey Mm. i made big mistakes here and i'm sorry i laid that on to you yeah
0: yeah. Wow. Well, and I hope that's something too that um I know myself as a teacher, I've kind of gone through that as well. And even through this podcast, you know, I I I might have former students of mine from 15 years ago who are listening and going, "Gee, that's not really how she was 15 years ago." Um so I think a lot of teachers that are interested in mental health and that might be listening to this um you know, it's I think it's nice to hear that other people are, are going through the same thing and that you know we're all doing some introspection and making changes to the way that we teach children and um, just kind of allowing for that growth. I think it's really nice to hear it from other people. So thank you.
1: I love how you said allowing it, Sarah, because I think that's something that's so crucial to this part of this conversation when we're talking about with teachers and p- parents and that kind of thing, but just kind of being open to that surrender of learning more and being allowing yourself to receive other information um and you know have it setting boundaries and things like that i loved today's loved (laughs) today
2: you know guys on that note and i know we're we're wrapping up but the allowing to say that remember how i said that we're like allow yourself every day to be a beginner and because not because we're the teacher means that we need to know it all and everything that we say is right. No, it's not. We are learning together. Like every, every person that is coming into my life always helps me to either uncover a different part of me or unravel another layer of some kind of trauma that I had in me or helps me to look at things from a different perspective I didn't know I had a problem with how I looked at the word power. I didn't know until I had a conversation out of the blue with somebody. And that opened up a whole new world for me. So you never know what kind of conversation really will open up things for you. And staying open to that and allowing to grow every single day, I think is the most important permission you can ever give yourself.
0: Well said. said. Yes, (laughs) thank you. Well, Suzanne, before we let you go, we just wanted to give you some time here to tell us where um, our listeners can find you and connect with you, um, and all of that good stuff.
2: Awesome. Well, wow, where to start? Okay, so I have I recently launched a podcast as well. It's called Point to Rise Podcast. Uh, I download three episodes a week. Um, one of them, we having the money conversation and arts and how we feel around yes. money. I'm, uh,
0: I'm, I've got that on my list to listen to. So I'm very excited about that.
2: Thank you. You can find me on Instagram under Suzanne Perchel, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, um, Twitter, YouTube and i have a free private facebook group that i love very dearly um 814 members at the moment you can just come on a website and ask for being admitted to that group love to have you we're working on our mindset and how we perceive dancers and the work as dancers um, on a daily and what else do i have that's it for now, I think. I mean, that's
0: quite a lot to be getting along with. It's <laughs> wonderful. It
2: thank
0: you. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I, my heart feels so open right now. And I just, I'm really grateful that you, you were able to give us your time. So thank you.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. Right Mm -hmm. back at you guys. That was wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank
2: you. All right. We'll see you on Facebook. (laughs) Okay. All right.
0: Bye. 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 See ya. How are you, Sarah? How was that? (laughs) I'm doing well, Courtney. I think my heart, again, I said this at the end of the episode, but my heart just feels so open right now. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I, um, I think
1: I'm feeling, I don't know. I feel like I'm feeling a lot of things. I can't quite sort it out right now, but yeah. I guess I would say the thing that I think I I resonated the most with, and what I really loved from her advice was, I feel like at the end of the day, all of these things, and we're talking about our mindset, about competition season, about other things, but it's really like turning inward and addressing your own mm-hmm. self. And mm-hmm. I think I don't know if it's because ballet is a performance art and it feels very like you're performing for others and that makes it hard to turn inward. I don't know where that disconnect might be, but I definitely experienced that disconnect as a dancer and it took learning how to how to turn inward, if that makes yeah. sense, as a former dancer yeah. and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable in that weird yeah. space, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I just really found that, validating even that like, yeah, I don't know. It just felt very, I loved, I just loved hearing all the things
0: today. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, my two takeaways were no is a full sentence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, <laughs> we can apply that in so many situations in our lives. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, if you're thinking about the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. no, is such a powerful word and it can be a whole sentence. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that might be the only thing you really need to say. Yeah. When your boundaries are being crossed,
1: no matter what the situation is. Yes. If it's a private lesson, if it's a, a master class teacher, if it's a parent, if it's someone in your community, and then that's also where it circles back to. If it's yourself, if you yourself are crossing your own boundary and you're letting yourself go down this rabbit hole of negative self-talk,
0: you get to perk up and say, hey, we're not doing that. No, no more. No, no more. The other thing that um, I really pulled out from the episode was the concept of being curious and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. approaching when we are looking inward, approaching it with a sense of curiosity instead of a sense of judgment. Yes. Yes. I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do when we're trying to learn and grow from these situations is to remove that that judgment piece because mm-hmm. i feel like without removing that you can't fully delve into something and grow from it.
1: Absolutely. I feel like you're a little bit beating your head against the wall if you're trying to grow, but if you once you take that pressure off and you can just surrender and say, you know what, let's yeah. explore. I uh-huh. think that's exactly where that growth can really take off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love so many it. oh things there were a lot of fun things today. Kind of a little, yeah. it was a personal episode as far as, I mean, not necessarily personal stories, but I don't know. It, it was a very intimate episode. Maybe that's the right word yes. for it. Hope everyone else enjoyed that. Like we did, Um, you know, it gives you some some nuggets to digest, whether you're in competition season or if comp- competition season is foreign to you. I hope you have takeaways for your mindset in general, because I mean, she, she's all about that, all of that. So she shared her wisdom with us. So thank you so much for tuning in today, everyone. We really hope you enjoyed our episode. If you did, we would be so thankful if you'd leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and share our podcast with
0: your people to help us get the word out. And if you have any questions, particular topics you'd like us to cover, or guests you'd like to hear from, you can email those to us at dancebetterpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at dancebetterpodcast. And to catch us in our own lanes, you can follow me on Instagram at Court Ulrich. That's
1: C-O-U-R-T-U-L-R-I-C-H. To follow me on my own journey as a former dancer, pursuing intentional wellness as a 20-something wife and dog mom. (laughs) And we can now connect over on Facebook in Strong But Struggling Young Women. You can find it directly on Facebook or the links in my Instagram bio, We are talking all about how to level up
0: your relationship with your body image, your emotional health, and your self-worth. And you can follow me on Instagram at Tech Ballet. That's T-E-C-H-B-A-L-L-E-T for more information on my virtual ballet programs where I integrate mindfulness work and injury prevention so that every dancer that steps into my class feels empowered to explore their movement with a whole body wellness approach in mind. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.